Hello, hello. This is Reality of Reality. I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted content. Okay, so before I introduce the guest, I want to ask you guys a quick favor. I promise it will only take a minute. If you can please go to iTunes, give me a five-star rating, a short, short review, glowing, of course, would be preferable. I would really appreciate it. Today on the podcast, Katie Wallen. Katie's been in the business a long time. She has an incredible resume casting unscripted television since the early aughts, but doing a lot of fascinating stuff before then. I don't want to give too much away, but let's just say the story of how she started her career in Los Angeles is right out of a movie and how she met her iconic mentor, even more amazing. While her company, Mystic Arts, always casting and producing tons of stuff, They recently did Marie Kondo's show on Netflix. She's getting ready to launch an exciting game show on ABC this summer with Ryan Reynolds. Her positivity is infectious, and I hope you'll be as inspired by her as I was. Hi, Katie. Hi. And it is Katie. Katie. Katie Wallen. (laughs) Katie Wallen. I've heard your name um, for years, but we were actually introduced through... um, Another casting person in the business, Shannon McCarty, texted me or messaged me, Yeah, which happens a lot actually now, which is nice. People just randomly out of the blue. Some people I don't know will just say I have a recommendation, take it or leave it. And I immediately Googled you, you know, having known your name, but not really known all your accomplishments. And so like, oh my God, please, let's get her on ASAP. So here we are. Thank you. Well, it's a tribute to you. Congratulations on the success of this. Thank you. I need to say we're in this gorgeous loft space in Burbank. Well, Universal City. Universal City. Yes. Yes. And it's amazing. Gorgeous. Testament to your success (laughs) because there's, you got people on every floor. You're in the top floor, the queen bee. It is. It's a cool (laughs) loft. It's a, it's, my vision was to create and move in. I, I bought this loft a few years ago and just have a really collaborative space. It's what we're all about, collaborating. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's my motto. It's I all see about, it. It's all about the team. Yeah. Well, and the space is really an open space where people can really collaborate and work together. And and uh, we love being here. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, w- I would too. It's, go- it's absolutely gorgeous. So you said, well... Let's start at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot to cover because you've had quite the illustrious career. I think I signed your bio something like 10,000 hours of television, which is a lot of TV. It's a lot. That's um, more than I watch every week. It's crazy. Like you blink and I feel like I've been on this human treadmill for 28 years. I started my company when I was 22. Oh my God. With $200. I moved here from Oregon. I was going to pursue, go to law school and go into the FBI. Really? And here I am. Um, Wait, why, what happened? Why didn't you do it? I, I just, I woke up and I feel like passion fuels your purpose. And I had a curiosity and I uh, really moved from Oregon, packed up my first car, Honda CRX, and I drove here. Um, my family was like, where are you going and what are you doing? And I wanted to pursue a passion. So I moved here, not knowing a soul. And uh, I literally went door to door because I didn't have a job. I was eating Taco Bell burritos bean and cheese burritos. And <laughs> I went to a door and there's a big sign that said no solicitors. And I walked right in and said, hi, my name is Katie Wallen. I'd love to leave you my resume. And the girl's like, did you not read the sign? You need to like move and walk out. She was incredibly rude. And in that moment, this really nice gentleman walked out and said, what was your name again? And I said, I'm Katie Wallen. And he said, you're hired and you're fired. And I took her job that day. What? And it was for um, a show called Sweethearts. And I was a receptionist for three weeks. And in three weeks, I was promoted to the talent department. I worked in the talent. I worked seven days a week. They needed like a, a, a Vanna White person to do some of the, the, the give the games prizes away. And I got, I remember I got after scale and I was like, this is so much fun. And I loved talent. I was immediately like, this is so much fun. And I ended up working on the show for seven months and they came in they're like, we're on hiatus. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah, you soon learned. You soon learned. Okay, so back up for a second. So first of all, that story sounds like a scripted story. The you're hired, you're fired. Like that's an amazing story. It was that moment. Yeah. Second of all, was Sweethearts a game show? Yeah. Okay, so Charles Nelson Riley. Oh um, my god. Betty White. I love Betty. Um, It was crazy. It was three couples, and one of them um, was a real couple, and the other two were fake. And it was a panel of three comedians and the host Charles Nelson Riley. So I ended up just, it was a lot of actors that we auditioned. And I knew at that moment that 
talent was going to be, I, I wanted to be like the talent whisperer and talent was just, it was the energy. And I, I come from the scripted world. Um, after that, when the show went into hiatus, I'm like, I need more stability. So what did I do? I opened up a company with $200 and, um, yeah, that's not, when you think of stability, you don't usually think of us start my own company. Right. Did you just feel like I'm had an entrepreneurial spirit? And you just, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. My dad owned his own company. It's all I know. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I am literally going to open my own company. It's going to provide the stability I need because I know I'm going to always have a job. And I did. And, uh, I had an amazing mentor, Gary Marshall, oh, who's wow. my mentor wow. for 25 years how did that um, happen? You know, he was visiting a friend and my dog attacked him in the driveway and literally jumped on him and knocked him over. <laughs> and I was like, my neighbor's like, do you know who your dog just attacked? And I was like, no. Um, so I, the following week, went to his offices in Toluca Lake and said, I'm really sorry. I really had no idea who he was, but I felt really <laughs> terrible. And we just hit it off and... He mentored me for 25 years. Mentorship is everything. I encourage everybody to have a mentor. I didn't know a lot of people, so he would just give me a lot of really solid advice. And I- um, What's the what's the best piece of advice he ever gave you? Um, stay true to what you're passionate about because it goes back to the passion really does lead you and keep you on track and have fun and you know work hard. And I grew up, work ethic is everything. Everyone that I, works- you know, for my company and, and the people that I've worked with me for so long, everybody has a really a rock solid work ethic because they're passionate, they're happy. It's a hard industry. It's a human roller coaster ride, but it is, it doesn't, it, it's, it's, it's a fun roller coaster ride. Can you tell right off the bat when you're interviewing somebody, if they're going to work hard or not? It, instantly. And what is it? What? You know, I meet people, I've probably hired thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, I'm going on 30 years of doing this. People, and this whole time I've run my own company and, you know, I just, I can tell it is, it's just, it's, it's when I meet somebody, I know if they're going to be right for a television show or yeah, if they're going to be right, you know, in a movie. It's gut instinct. It's gut instinct. It's, I was, I love it. I guess maybe it's in being intuitive. I, I would, I could probably be a good and like medium too. You psychic. I think that's your next show. I think um, it's just instinctively. I, I, and I'm pretty right on. There haven't been a lot of surprises. Um, so I opened this company and my first job was literally discovering the Power Rangers. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Pants. I want to start on that story in a moment. But um, when you opened the company, was it, I'm going to open my own casting company? It was. It was called Katie and Company. Cute. We've grown and developed. We're now Mystic Art Pictures. Um, Which I, I want to ask, we could wait till the end, but I wondered where that came from. Yeah. Mystic Cart. Well, first, just Katie and company came from just, what, right. what am I going to, yeah, obvious. What, I'm going to open a, launch a company and I need a yeah. name legally. Yeah. So it was like Katie and company. Right. Um, Mystic Cart is more, I'm, I'm can't figure it out. I, I, it, it, it's, it came from my brother who sadly passed away. And before he passed away, that name came from him. So it's got a lot of family meaning. Aww. Um, and I wanted, I didn't want the company to be me. It really is about the team. And, you know, without a team, there is no dream. It, it's, you can't do this alone. So it's I, true. I wanted, I wanted to create an environment that, um, and have a company name that was not just about me. I like that. So when you came to LA and you started your company a little, a short while after, did you know anybody or did you just come here not knowing a soul? Um, I knew one person. And he and I went to college. He was my big brother um, in college. And he worked for Amblin, Steven Spielberg's yeah. company. And uh, that was the only person I knew. And I actually slept on the floor with like eight people. And my son is always like, so mom, you know, what, how did you have money for your own apartment? I'm like, no, 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 son. I didn't have money for my own apartment. There was like eight of us in a room. Um, that's so, but no, I didn't, I didn't have family and I, I didn't know a lot of people and, and that really didn't matter. I met a lot of people and I found the foundation to growing the company was, was meeting and networking and really, um, nurturing those relationships, which I still have now and very grateful for. So when you started it, Power Rangers came how quickly into it and how? 
So I when shortly after I opened my company, Heim Spahn called me and said he had this amazing idea and would I be open to doing a nationwide search to find these kiddos and who would have known? It's been what, 20, I just did the DVD. It has been 25, 26 years, but it was a Power Rangers and one of the most successful television franchises ever. And again, I started my career in the scripted world. So it was Power Rangers and Sweet Valley High and I found that I loved making movies. So I, not knowing it was difficult, raised $20 million and started packaging features. And again- And what does it mean to package a feature? So the first thing I did is I optioned the book rights. My favorite children's book was Where the Red Fern Grows. I read it when I was 12 and I always knew I wanted to remake the movie. So um, I did, Dave Matthews, was part of it. and But how did you know how to find the money? How did you know how to do it? So I ended up going to people that were high net worth individuals. And just again, I, the script in the scripted space, the script is everything. Um, so I, I would find either book rights or scripts that I loved. Um, Jeff Propes, who's my partner, we made a movie called Finder's Fee. And he wrote a Finder's Fee, and it was so well done. He wrote it? He wrote it. He wrote it and directed it. Was this before it. Survivor? It was, We he was going to do Survivor, and then as soon as he came back from the first season, um, we went and shot our movie, Finder's Fee. It was with Ryan Reynolds and Matt Lillard and James Earl Jones and Dash Myhock and Eric Palladino and Robert Forrester, and uh, he's an incredible writer-director. Has he done more stuff since then? We did another movie together called yeah. Kiss Me that I produced with him um, that he directed as well and Coming of Age. So it was just such a great script and he brought it in, handed it to me and said, if you have time, I want you to read this. And that night I read it and I said, who do you, who do you, who are you dreaming of that you want to star in this? And he was like, James Earl Jones. So I called James Earl Jones and we had low budget scale. And I'm like, would you mind taking a peek at this script? Then that next day he called me and he's like, I love this. Wait, how did you call James Earl Jones? <laughs> you so, just had his number? So I, obviously I have great relationships with agents and managers and, and talent. So I, yeah, I have no problem yeah. finding and when I'm excited about something, you'll find a way. I'll find a way. Like if I said today, I need you to contact Angelina Jolie and she and needs then to we, see this. We would, I would figure you that figure out. You figured out. I yeah. love it. We're all connected. Yeah. I mean, you We're are all connected and there's always a way I think, but it's, it's, there's always a way. If you want to do something, I am a firm believer. There is no ingredients to success in this industry. And that's what I love the most. If you I, want to do something, you do it. I agree. But I also, my issue, and I think a lot of people have felt this way is that oftentimes, unfortunately, agents can be the barriers publicists, agents, not as much managers because they have more stake in the game to getting those phone calls returned, to getting the film scene, to getting the scripts read. I yeah. don't feel like they have. I have this weird attitude that I know whatever I'm going to talk to them about is going to be a great opportunity. And you wouldn't bother them otherwise. And I wouldn't bother them otherwise. The agents and the managers, everyone works so hard. And in the end, I think we're all looking to do great projects. And I feel like when I'm excited and have, whether it's a script or Whatever it is, I, I am I am the first to make the phone call and say I want you to take a minute to to look at this. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for your client and and so far my instincts have served me pretty well. So back to the Power Rangers. Okay, so did you smell a hit when you were casting it? You know, I thought it was really unique. Um, Who created it? Haim Saban and Shuki. Lali. Oh right, of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't know if it was going to be a hit. I just knew that it was, it was, it, it, I, I could see as it, the brand and the franchise was growing and then we were doing the movies. Um, and now just, I'm in touch with my, I, they're my other kids. They're, you know, it's so fun to watch them still, you know, growing their careers from, from that. And it was my launching pad. And right. again, it You're was calling just, card, I'm sure. it was, yeah. it was such a great first project to be a part of and I'll never forget it. And I'm very grateful for, for Haim and Shuki for, for asking me to be a part of it. And the casting was a blast. 
And I, it just really launched everything. It was just a great stepping stone for me. And then how did the unscripted stuff start to happen? So that's a great question. So I was doing, yes, I was doing movies and television and I was producing movies. And my agent at the time said, I want you to take a meeting over at Fox for an unscripted show. And I'm like, an unscripted show. What's that? What is that? (laughs) This sounds fascinating. And as a business owner, people often ask, you know, what it is that I do. And the bottom line, what I do is I'm an entrepreneur and I like to keep things on my slate diverse. And I was like, let's meet about this unscripted show. And you probably get bored easily. You probably like the more, the merrier. I love new opportunity. I'm the same way. I just love it. Yeah. And I met Mike Darnell and it was for a show called Paradise Hotel. Oh my gosh. And it was, it was fascinating. I did, ended up casting the show and it was also a really big hit. And, um. What year was that again? Early 2000s? Early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. So my. Did he make you wait two hours? That's the famous thing about him is he makes everybody wait for meetings. I did have quite a, there was quite a (laughs) long wait, a lot of, a lot of waiting. It was great. That's his thing. That's A lot of waiting. Yeah. Um. But in the end, it was awesome. He was a blast to work with. Yeah. And that show was really fun. And Was it um, fun casting it? It was really great. It was, you know, it was, you don't have a script. So you're really depending on these, the, the voices of the people. And I found it fascinating. And it's, this career has kind of allowed me to do a little bit of everything that I love. Um, you're, you're kind of a psychologist, you're a private investigator (laughs) and, um, yeah, so we've been going strong for probably 20 years in the unscripted space. So then that kind of, that shifted your focus. Did you think like, wait, this is now blowing up this unscripted space in the early aughts. That's when it really took off and it's scripted as hard or features are hard. Did you think like business wise, cause you are an entrepreneur, this makes sense. Made total sense. You know, like this is where the industry is going right now. I want to follow the, I, I think people get. I was, I was always somebody who wanted to, as mentioned earlier, try new things. And I had no problems going from scripted to unscripted and doing both. At the end of the day, it's storytelling. And that's what I love. Yeah. I love storytelling. And at the end of the day, I'm also running a business. And I think being at the forefront of, you know, I was at the forefront with technology and technology changed the business. And, and I, I found it just fascinating. It just was in another um, umbrella. We have this giant umbrella and under it, these different departments and the unscripted just blew up. We do like, I don't know, sometimes two to 400 hours of television a year. Every genre, we do docs and competition. We did a show Marie Kondo this year. I saw that, and you were nominated for an Emmy. I I, or it's nominated for something. It's it's we're being considered. It's what is it the the for your consideration. Oh, you were submitted. Yes, I know. I was like Netflix reached out and they said we really want to nominate you, and I was like so honored. Yeah, well, that thank you for that show because you inspired me. I really got rid of a ton of shit. (laughs) Oh my god, I got rid of a ton of shit too. As I was, I literally had it on in the background, like episode three at that point, and I was just going at it. Oh yeah, (laughs) I went at it and then got the call, and they're like, "Have you ever heard of Marie Kondo?" Yes, I do. Are you kidding? (laughs) I just condoed my office. I just condoed my house, and I'm like, "This is going to be amazing." Was she the loveliest woman on earth? She's the (laughs) loveliest person on earth. Right. She is, and is so, she five pounds soaking wet. She, she looks tiny. She's just, she's delightful. She's so, so positive. She's so angelic. She's so delightful. Um, again, who would have known it would be such a phenomenon. I'm so happy for her and for Netflix and for everybody involved. Yeah. Um, is there going to be known? a second season? I'm, I will see. Yeah. I hope so. So was that, what was interesting about that show? I know we're kind of bouncing all over the place. Bear with me. It will all come. We'll make it linear. Just oh, I think you're doing sometimes amazing. circular okay. to get linear. Um, what was interesting to me, and I, I can't think of another show like it, but I'm sure they exist where the host is speaking another language from the, um, uh, char- other characters. What, what do you even call them? Yeah. From the, so she had a translator. From the homeowners. Yeah. For, yeah. So yeah. that was a big risk, right? Yeah. And I think everyone was like, wow, is this going to work? And it did. I feel like it worked because of Netflix. Like, I feel like other places would be too scared. I just can't. I mean, I don't want to name names of networks, but I feel like most networks where you could see that show, 
with an American host would never take a chance with having a translator. But with Netflix, you're just... I think you're so right on. Netflix, listen, taking risks is key. You want success, take risks. Um, They they did. They went all in. She is so magnificent that she could just not say anything. And she has so much charisma. And her book was like New York bestselling. She's a New York bestselling author. And people... You know, it was transformation from the inside and out and it just worked. And she didn't need to say anything. Exactly. She was like the Dalai Lama. Like people, when she came to the door, people were just like in awe and bowing down. She reeks of charisma. There is nothing better than what I do than meeting people that have charisma. Yeah. You either have it or you don't. Yeah, it's true. And you can't, you can't make it happen. It's, it's, it's so fun for me. So she was that perfect example of somebody who just, you know, shined. She shines all the time. Yeah. Wow. What a cool opportunity. So then once you got into the unscripted space and you said it just took off, I know we have a lot of years to cover. So kind of generally give me sort of like the biggest show, not necessarily the biggest, but the most fun or most challenging shows you worked on in kind of like that decade span. You know, I would say Paradise Hotel was the first, was one of the funnest shows and actually the show I enjoyed watching the most. Um, Marie Kondo was really fun. You know, I got a call. The calls are, I wish I would have recorded all the calls that I've got. I got a call about doing a show where people are going to jump on big red balls. And I was like, oh, Wait, ju- they, where they're inside of them or no, where-, where they're going to jump over them. And it, it ended up being wipeout. So I did that for seven seasons and oh it was like, God. who would have known that's amazing. Another phenomenon. Like, People were obsessed and it was like every day, like it was so much fun. We auditioned, I think 25,622 actors, people. And it was, um, I loved the executive producer, ABC. Yeah. Uh, Matt Kunitz was, is is awesome. Um, he's, we've been in contact. He's going to come on at some point, but he's always crazy busy. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jen O'Connell connected us. Yes. Matt's amazing. Yeah. He's such a great producer. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. Um, gosh, every show we do, I open up a whole new opportunity to learn a subculture or world. It's incredible. What was the hardest, what's been so far to date, the hardest show to cast? Doesn't necessarily mean that it went to series or went to you know, um, became anything. I'm just the hardest show where you're just like banging your head against the wall and nothing's working. I don't know if we've encountered that. Um, gosh, the hardest show I have to look at all my, my <laughs> um, I think every show has its own challenges. Um, it, it, this is when, when I get a call to do a show, I have to put a small business plan together and then really think outside of the box and like, how are we going to fuel this show with talent? I think every show has its own challenges, but in the end we end up delivering. Um, I don't know if there's one specific show that's been that difficult. Did you find that over the years or have you found that the competition shows are easier to cast than the docu shows or those types of, you know, is there a difference? No, I think, I think um, there isn't. I mean, a, a successful docu series is all. Those are those are you know, Chrisley knows best is an example of like it worked. Yeah, and, and was that your show? My partner Stephanie Chambers. Oh right, right, was right. Okay. The executive producer for the first three seasons, but that's like gold when you find a family. To me, that like set you know set such a it was such a gold standard in terms of a family comedy. I would say, and that's those are the shows that I love to do. Um, but I'd say those are really challenging because it's all about just finding such a superstar family. I feel like casting people and even producers, we always say the most annoying thing and that goes on sort of on the casting side are the people sort of like the philosophy that if you think you'll make a good reality star, you won't. Do you find that like, you should have seen my life this week. It should be a TV show. It's always sort of those people that are not the good ones. I can't tell you, well, (laughs) how many people do think they're a TV show? It's, you know, starring on a show in an unscripted world is so personal because you have to like be open to going all in and throwing it all out there and being so unfiltered. And I think people think it looks easy, but it's not. 
And there's so many layers to being successful on these shows. So, so talk a little bit more about that. Like, what do you think it takes to be successful as a quote unquote reality star? And I know that can have a lot of meanings, but let's say for a docu-series. Yeah. I mean, for a docu-series, so I've created a few docu-series and it's, it's, I tend to do a lot of family. I love family. Family's timeless. Um, I would say that you have to be really ready for everything. You know, there are no secrets. There is, you know, your family, the family dynamics, your relationships, your work, your friends, your different family members. It's all, you know, people just become so curious. And with the social media, like nothing's private. So I always sit with people at the very beginning and talk about when and if this show becomes a hit, there's nothing, nothing's going to be private. And we really talk through that. And if they're, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about hard questions about becoming famous and I would say, and, and just being authentic, Yeah, you know, a lot, lot of people, uh, when you find an authentic family, um, that is super charismatic, nothing is better. Nothing. Yeah. Agree. Have you ever, I, I would imagine given your personality and your gut instincts about people and who makes great TV, have you been in a lot of situations with networks where they'll turn somebody down and you'll fight for them and realize that you're right? <laughs> you know, of course, that's my job. I, I think it is when you're passionate about something, I will fight to the end if there's a great talent. But you're staking your reputation. You got to be right. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think it's a collaborative process. Um, you know, the networks hire me. Yeah. For a reason. And I really have done this for a long time. Not to say I'm always right, but. Well, you probably also know like, to fight your battles. Yeah. And listen, we want to think outside of the box and we want to, I don't, I, I love working on things that don't follow the the norm. So let's think outside of the box. And if we're going to create the future of content, what is it? And the talent is everything. It's the foundation to these shows. So um, yes, I have no problem going to bat for somebody I really believe in. Who would you say are your top, let's say three celebrities that you've worked with in this space as EPs or as the hosts or whatever it is? That's such, you're asking such good <laughs> questions. You're good at interviewing. I have so many more. Yeah, I know you're Thank good. You. Um, I'll say this. Um, Ryan Reynolds was one of my favorite. Such a pleasure. We shot a movie that I produced called Finder's Fee. Um, and, and you now have a new show. Yes. And we're now, he's now executive producing um, a new show that we're casting called Don't for ABC. And we are looking for families of four across uh, the country who are charismatic, wildly fun, unfiltered, funny um, for a new game show. And I will say this is probably one of the funnest shows we've ever done. So families that should, that want to star in a show this is their perfect opportunity because it's one family per episode that basically ah. is going to be able to star on the show. So what are the rules of the game? It's called don't. So if, when you grew up, what were the don'ts in your family? Oh God. Did your do you, mom, how much time do you have? <laughs> right. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a bit strict. I mean, it wasn't like crazy, but it was, you know, definitely. Yeah. It was, uh, don't you, don't keep, put your shoes. Away. I mean, there was just like little, don't a lot stay of little, out late. yeah. Oh God. I had a lot of don'ts. Yeah. Don't go to bed late. Right, right, so right, this right. show is all about don't and it, it's a physical and mental comedy game show. And it really is star. And the family doesn't have to be a typical nuclear family. Yeah. It could be the new modern family. Right. The there are not Bunch a lot family. of nuclear families. It anymore. could be moms, dads, grandparents, cousins, uncles, I think we're just looking for four of the most charismatic family members, you know, the families that at the family reunions or the weddings that you see and you're like, oh my gosh. So are they doing the challenges against each other as a family or they're doing with a, each other? They're not, they're not, they're not competing against, they're, they're competing against, they're not competing against each other's family. They're, so they're working together. And then what's the, pri like, what do they have to achieve and what's the prize at the end? So the prize is a big cash prize. Ooh. It's very big <laughs> and wonderful. And it's literally a one day shoot. And it's, wow. I, I, I will say this, I love all the networks, but ABC, I'm very fond of. I've, I, With Rob Mills. Oh my gosh, Rob and Tiffany. They're amazing, amazing. So yes, this is a new, new show. Ryan Reynolds, executive producer, ABC, 
don't, you can apply to don'tcasting.com and super fun opportunity for families that really want to star on a new TV show. So was your relationship with Ryan, is that how that happened? No. So it was just starting to So, so the, the relationship with Ryan, Jeff Probst. Yeah. Um, all roads lead to Jeff. I know. This all <laughs> comes back to Jeff. Um, Jeff and I met and he wrote Finder's Fee um, and directed it and I produced it. And it starred Ryan Reynolds, James Earl Jones, Dash Myhawk, Eric Palladino, Robert Forrester. Um, great, great, great. It was a really awesome cast. And which leads me to James Earl Jones, uh, who yeah. I love and adore. Yeah, We didn't have a lot of money. It was a low budget indie, which um, you should check out, Finder's Fee. Is it on Netflix? Um, I think it is on Netflix. Okay. Um, I feel like. I remember the name at the it's time. I just can't cool, remember if I saw it. It's such a cool What's movie. What's the premise? It's five guys trapped in a New York City apartment with one winning lottery ticket. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, that's oh, yeah. fun. It's good. I look back at, you asked that question, like really who stands out in your yeah, mind? Yeah, who's the third? I remember I remember James coming up to me and he said, I need to talk to you, James Will Jones. And I said, oh, and we didn't, we didn't have a lot of money. Right. And he was like, I need to ask you a favor. And I'm like, anything, what do you need? And he's like, can you just tie a red bow around that chair so I know in between scenes, I know where to sit. So was the only cute. thing he asked for. He's so amazing, extraordinary. Wow. So I've been, I've been so blessed. And I'll say the third person that impacted my life, probably the very most was my, my mentor, Gary Marshall. Yeah. I mean, he was responsible for like my whole childhood. Yeah. Of, you know, happy days, Laverne and Shirley. Like, I mean, he's iconic. Yeah. One of the most positive, inspiring people I've ever met. I so grateful that he was mentored me and, and he was, he just so inspiring. I feel so, so glad. And I talk a lot about mentorship. Like yeah. I wanted people, to ask you about that. People need mentors. So what you, so I'm assuming you're a mentor to many, what are your kind of rules of mentorship? My rules are, I want everybody that has a dream to have a plan and that vision board is key. Yeah. And whatever you want to do, you have to like envision like who's doing that. Who's the person? Is it Oprah? Who, whoever it is. Like, right. I'd be curious to know what, who yours is. Yeah. And, and then I always tell them, reach out to that person because a lot of people do want a mentor and, and they can help guide you, write them a letter, pick up the phone yeah, and because they've been through it and they can help guide you on, on the do's and don'ts to yeah. hopefully streamline the process a little bit. Yeah. And I love mentoring people. It's gratifying. It is gratifying. Yeah. I mean, if I can give any advice that will help fast track somebody's career I have this weird, uncanny, everyone's like, I can't believe you have this approach. I feel like anything's possible. And when you hear no, there's always a way to move that to a yes. Yeah. And it's called perseverance, the four Ps, positivity, passion, perseverance, and being proactive. You have those four things, you're going to do great. Well, and I think you, you're also a realist, right? So it's like, I think it's, you know, you, there's that fine line between like, anything's possible in being delusional because you have no idea what the path is to get to it. Like you said, it's not just like, I want to be Oprah. Like, okay, how, what are the steps to get there? Like you do the work and you figure it out. Yeah, you definitely want to definitely every day need to be putting in the work. I mean, every day you need to be doing whatever 10 things you to move you. It's all about moving forward on this journey. But I will say it is you. I love waking up and being like, oh, I want to create this show. And people are like, no, this it's we're, viewers aren't going to be ready for that. And I'm like, no, they're going to be ready for it. So I, I do. I think it's an industry that really anything is possible. Go for it. I, I hate for people to limit themselves. Yeah, I believe there's really no limit to what what you can do. I love that. And I also like the idea of bringing other people up and, you know, a lot of people get threatened and they don't want to help people because what if they out succeed them and, you know, oh, let's work together. Yeah. Let's be the team. Teamwork yeah. makes the dream work. I keep saying it. I've never had an issue with that. I want to empower and lift everyone up because then we're lifting ourselves up. I love that. So at what point back to the career path? So at what point did you realize that you wanted, I mean, I know you were producing films and stuff like that, but at some point, it seems like you decided, you know, I've been casting and, you know, for all of these thousands of hours of television, I want to make the television. I want to come up with the ideas and produce it myself and 
be that hub. Yeah. So when did that transition happen or was it more sort of gradual? Yeah, that's another great question. I think in I what well, I've been producing for a couple decades, mainly this in the scripted and, and film space, but I realized that the power of creating shows in the unscripted space is accessibility to the talent. So in my company, um, I created a, a piece of technology. It's an it's a, a massive database, and we have a world. You know, probably I don't know, close to a million people in it, and we tag everybody, and it just it's the foundation to what we do. And I started just going through it and realizing we have so much gold. And so I started so just slowing down for one second there, just so people understand what you're talking about. Basically like anyone that you've encountered over the years from casting get filed away. So they, yeah. And at a very many years ago, again, technology is a very, very important tool for us at, at Mystic Art Pictures. And when people weren't using certain pieces of technology, um, you know, we created a proprietary online infrastructure that allowed us to pretty much track talent all over the world. So we used it as our development tool. And so I started a development arm of my company and we started creating shows. So we created a show called Meet the Putmans. It was a family of 25 people that live under one roof. They work together, they live together, they're funny. And we went and shot them. And the next thing you know, we're doing a pilot and then we did a series. And who was so, that for? Uh, that was for TLC. Fun. It was for TLC. We did a show uh, called We Are Young that I created for NBC. Um, what was that? And, and Welcome to the Family, I did a show. We Are Young is a show about the young family. He's a pastor and in Grapevine, Texas, and he runs a $60 million empire and it's bridging the gap between family and faith. But it's a comedy. It was a half hour comedy for NBC. It was scripted. It was unscripted. Oh, really? So I just started realizing that um, my love for talent is it's not just feeling talent for these shows, but creating shows. So we started a development arm and started selling shows and it just kind of grew and grew. And then I had the opportunity to work with my very dear friend, Stephanie Chambers. And after 10 years, and she is a showrunner and amazing, she actually showran many of the shows that I created. We gave each other a 30-day challenge last January. I love challenges, by the way. And we said in 30 days, if we do this, this, and this, we're going to launch a company. And we did. We signed with Lionsgate, partnered with Lionsgate, and started just setting up deals at various networks. What was the 30-day challenge? What, the 30-day what challenges? challenge was Everything, I feel like people do really well when they're on, when they have a structure deadline. and a yep. deadline. Totally. Everything happens on a deadline. I 100% co-sign. Right? Yeah, I give myself artificial deadlines where like if I have to get a network of treatment and they don't care when it comes, I'll email and say, hey, we'll have to you by end of day Wednesday because that's the only way I'll get it done by end of day Wednesday. And then you're going to get that <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah, I'm not going to disappoint the them. I could disappoint myself easily, but I'm not going to disappoint them. That's great. Artificial yeah. deadlines. Yes. I love that. Oh, that gets me through so much of life. I have deadlines for everything in my life. Do you set your alarm too on your phone? That's oh, a big thing for me. I do. I set the alarm. I, I just, I work well in that structure. Me too. So yes. So she and I just, we wanted to sell a certain amount of things we wanted and we did. And at the end of that 30 days, we're in business. So we launched Wallen Chambers Entertainment That's and it's so been cool. amazing. And so Lionsgate, so people understand when you, when you partner up with somebody, a studio like Lionsgate, they give you the, the money, the infrastructure, the resources to do the development to be able to sell the shows. But then when you get the shows, you guys actually physically do the production, right? Yeah, so we're a production service company. So we create original content. We have a pretty vast development slate of, of projects. We love comedy, we love lifestyle. Um, we've sold several things. We're doing a series with Amazon right now, which will be announced hopefully very soon. And yes, and they've been an amazing partner, Lionsgate. It's been really the perfect fit. That's so fantastic. So having been in the business a while and you've seen it through so many evolutions, where where do you, I ask this a lot, like what do you think about where the business is now? What are you excited about? What are you concerned about? I mean, I know you're positive, but mm -hmm. you know, where do you see, like how has it changed? And then, you know, how are you pivoting to adjust to that change? 
Um, another really great question. So change is, is absolutely necessary. I think um, with the onset of, of Netflix and Amazon and, and all the streamers, it's amazing. It's more opportunity. It's more opportunity to create more content. And that's super exciting. There's more buyers. Um, so that's exciting. Um, you know, budgets, I always wish budgets were bigger, but that's, that's fine. We figure out how to, you know, make it work. Um, technology's changed everything. Technology has changed everything. It's changed yeah, how the way I do business. Thing, yeah. It's changed everything. Um, and I think we're going to just continue to see more outlets and more opportunity. So it's, I think it's a great opportunity for, um, creators for sure. And producers and talent. Talent's timeless. We're constantly needing talent. So, you know, I encourage people, whether it's scripted or unscripted, to now is a, a, a great time. Great time. You know, you mentioned something earlier when you um, you had a book that you loved as a child, which you adapted. And, you know, that goes to sort of the IP of it all, right? That's a very in vogue uh, term in the last few years, which is intellectual property. And it's paramount now, right up there with talent, or you could, I guess, consider talent, talent IP in certain respects. Yeah. So are you still, you know, we all know it's hard to sell a mop, right? We are most often pitched. I mean, it's just, especially coming from the world that you've casted with, you know, game shows and all that stuff. I mean, everybody's got the same ideas. So the talent, the IP, that's what's going to make something special, right? Oh, I think it's everything. So is that really how you guys focus your attention in terms of your production company? That's our absolute focus, talent IP. We just optioned another book title. That's insane. I can't wait to tell you about it. We're is that going to be scripted or unscripted? This is soft scripted. Oh, I love a soft scripted. Um, soft scripted. <laughs> it is, and and talent is proprietary. Whether it's celebrities or or even unknown talent, I, I'm a packager. Yeah, and you need to start thinking about podcasts. Podcasts. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. so much content there. And if you can get in on that stuff before it hits the market and everybody's at the door. Yeah. But that's a, an example. When did podcasts really pop? Yeah. I don't know that, that there was, I mean, I've been, I was an early adapter, but I feel like people just started, I think Serial put podcasts on the map and that was about five years ago. And I feel like ever since then it's built momentum and it's hard to find people now that don't listen to at least a few. And, you know, a lot of us that are like content, eat up content every day. I mean, podcasts even before I started my work, a big part of my life. Cause it's just another way I consume content. You know, I love yours because you're educating people trying to. Yeah. Thanks. Well, you no, know, you are. I mean, having the guests you've had, you've done what? 85 hours, <laughs> 85, It's not quite a hundred thousand hours, but yes, but it's okay. Yeah. Because it's been super fun. You're making a difference. So every guest Thanks. that you have on and you've had some incredible guests have a different approach to what's worked for them what advice they have. I mean, talk about fast tracking people's career. That's what people need. Well, it's funny that you say that because I've always said I need someone to transcribe all of them because I'd love to do a shorthand book, like all the lessons, like, you, should be like, book. you know, like what are the, all the things I've learned because things start to fall into categories and, and the, of the most successful people, you really start to see those patterns emerge time and again. And like, I think there's a podcast actually I love called How I Built This. You would love this podcast because it's How all about- How I Built This. Yeah, it's Guy Raz. It's, I think it's through National Public Radio and it's all huge entrepreneurs and their story and how they built their business. And all of them have a moment where they cratered, where they were, you know, either was at the beginning and the middle, you know, before they sort of hit their apex where something went wrong or they had no money or they were getting a million rejections and they had to pivot in some way or they had to pick themselves up and- figure it out. Actually, that's a great thing to ask you. Have you had a moment where all of a sudden the creditors were at your door? Like where, where all of a sudden you were like, is this going to work? Yeah. Failure is uh, the ultimate opportunity. It, it, uh, my biggest heartaches have been, have taught me the most. I literally got a call from Jeff Probst. We were shooting a week away from shooting our movie oh, and God. the entire set burned down. <gasps> Where and was it here? It was in Vancouver. Oh my God. And he's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, it was took place in one location. It <gasps> took three, four weeks to build. We had a week. Everybody had outdates. Did they and know I'm how like, it happened? Uh, still to this still day, don't, don't know. know. The whole set Holy burned down. Shit. And I'm like, it's time to rebuild. 
It's time. Literally. Yeah. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So right? what'd you do? We rebuilt it. And I'm like, oh, we same have to location, do it. same thing. We rebuilt it and we ended up, everyone had outdates. And I'm like, we, you have to have a solution for everything. But it was very difficult. And of course, I've had ups and downs, so many downs. It is so challenging running a company and being an entrepreneur. I started my company at 22 with 200 bucks and never had a bank loan and never had an investor. Good for you. And it's like, you know, you're, you're, it's, you know, scary. And I had to choose, am I going to live in my office space or a house at the time? And I chose my office space. So I was in a strip mall in North Hollywood yeah. and living there as well. Cause I, I couldn't afford both. Not, not, not really, not exactly, you know, <laughs> glamour. It wasn't very glamorous. <laughs> right. But you but did what you had to do. I did what I had to do. And it was like, you know what? Yes. My dad taught me well, like, yeah, just stay dedicated. And I mean, you built a family. I, I looked at your Instagram. You have two beautiful yes, children. Yes. Was that challenging to have be your own boss, have full time, you know, full time children at your job yeah. that you were super? I mean, that's a lot. I think for any entrepreneur that has their own business because it's twenty four seven, and then you have a full family life. It's, yeah, it's not easy. You know, um, being a mom is the greatest thing I've ever done, ever. And I would say the greatest thing I ever produced. It, it's the greatest thing I ever produced. <laughs> I, I've learned more about myself. My son just graduated from high school Mazel a tov. week ago. Thank you. He's off to college. You know, you, with the blink of an eye. Um, it, That's time, a huge accomplishment. It is. It's crazy. So um, I would say work-life balance is essential. I want everyone, you know, I am a bit of a workaholic, <laughs> but I'm also a momaholic. Yeah. And I never, I was very very fortunate because I own my own business that I didn't miss anything. Yep. And so I'm so happy about that. You know, but my son did I, two weeks after giving birth, I was at back at work. <laughs> right. I would not recommend that ever <laughs> to anyone. Um, but my son would come to my office and we just, if I was producing a movie, he would come with me to set. And it's just, it's just, it's been amazing. Yeah. So work-life uh, balance is super important. And, you know, it's not about, how many hours you're working, you know, it's, it's balancing it out. Well, I think also, and this is going to sound super cheesy, but I do believe it when you love what you do, you're not working. So you are a workaholic, but it's not like, Oh no, I got to do all this. Like, it's just, yeah. you love, love it. what you do, do what you love. Yeah. And for me, I have to say, I love being a mom, you know, it's just been awesome. And now my son and I, I have a godson who we've raised as well. I saw very he's, handsome. He's, yes, <laughs> I know. Tall. Yes. So, um, some, I, I often end if I have time, we have a couple minutes, um, asking people what, and I know it's hard cause you've had an illustrious career, but if you had to narrow down to your proudest accomplishment of your whole career, and I always say professional accomplishment cause people always say being a mom or being a dad, mm. what would you say? Do you have one? Was it like the day that you walked into that place and he said, hire or fire? Like, is there one that stands out that like, I'm really damn proud of myself for doing that. Hmm. That's such a great question. Um, you know, you bring up that moment. Had I not walked into that, it was in the middle of Hollywood. I had just moved here. Um, and it, walking into that and, and be having somebody be so rude. I would say my proudest accomplishment is working with people that I've hired. I, I, I know that sounds crazy. No, it's important. But I am so blessed that I get to walk into this office every day with so many people that I just love and respect. And every project, it is not just me, it's a team. And every day I get to walk in here and see, we have a culture here, a community, and I think I'm most proud that I've created a consistent community where people can thrive, not just survive, but really thrive and come to work and love it. And every day we do, there's no drama. People are creative. They're, um, you know, they're visionary and we're such a team. So I think the most, the thing I'm most proud of is being able to work with an incredible team. I like that. And do you have any regrets? Any regrets? Do I have any regrets? Hmm. 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 Any regrets? Gosh, I don't. No, I can't say I ever gone to bed and said, gosh, I regret this. 
Uh, no, I've, I've been really fortunate. I've kind of done what I've really enjoyed doing That's and there's huge. a lot more to do. Yeah. That last question. So what is there to do? What are your goals for the next five, 10 years? Opening more companies, getting into branding, merchandising, building the production company, the casting company will constantly grow, which is wonderful, but, um, probably opening up some more businesses, some exciting things, um, going to be announced soon. That's awesome. Do you, are you just an idea machine? Is it like your brain's running all the time? Just with ideas, ideas, ideas. I will meet somebody. I will hear somebody's name. I will. And all of a sudden I have an idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's constant. Yeah. It's, it's like a blessing and a curse, right? Cause it's hard to shut off, but it's also made you who you are. Yeah. It, it just, you know, I, an advice I would give to others is, um, find your tribe, you know, your vibe is your tribe and find your good tribe of support. The people that really believe in you. I was literally, I have to just tell you this at a graduation last night, my son's best friend. And I was talking to a woman and she said, are you Katie Wallen? And we had met and worked together 30 years ago. Oh my gosh. We rebonded immediately and we both have, have blonde hair now. And we talked, it was, we ended up talking for hours and hours, but relationships are everything in this industry and your integrity is everything. And it is, everything comes full circle. It really does. And some of the people that I'm working with now hired me 30 years ago and we're working together, we're producing. So I would also just say the power of relationship is key. Every relationship is so valuable. Yeah. And I think, like you said, you never know it's where so it's going to land you. You never know where it's going to leave, where it come it comes back. You know, you just, you, you never know. Yeah, it is. It's so instrumental and it's so, and, and really having integrity. I think it's the one thing that I'm so, I never compromised. I never did anything that I would regret. I think integrity and just even that last five minutes of a project is the most important and just maintaining those great relationships. I mean, I'm just inspired from our chat today. And I know that this hopefully will inspire lots of other people hearing this to go for their passion and that anything's possible because what you've done is really impressive. Thank you. So thanks for being here. Well, you know what? Um, I'm on fire and ready to inspire. <laughs> I wake up, I'm like, I'm inspired by you. Aww, I think what you're doing is great. Continue to interview great people. And thanks. I do for anyone that is listening to this, I hope they have were inspired just a little bit to do something they love. Again, it's all about your passion. If you're passionate about something, there's really no limit to what you can do. I agree. Thank you again. Thank you. 